All right. Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Transaction. My name is Paul Hadfield and I'm the host. With me today is Brandon Spear from Trevi Pay. Thank you for joining. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's good to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I haven't had any fellow um, payments professionals on the show, so I'm excited that you're the first one and, and something that I hope will will continue on. Um, and I was eager to um, speak with you a little bit more because you're really on the, the different end of the spectrum than uh, my organization, Transaction Company. We're re really much more on the retail restaurant side of things. I know your focus is more on business to business and e-commerce. So, uh, but first, I, I definitely want to start out. I know that you uh, you're born in South Africa, you moved to the States, and then somehow you stumbled into this crazy world of, uh, of payments. So um, for those of you listening that don't know um, your, your backstory, Brandon, please fill us in. Yeah, of course. No, so I moved to the States 16 years ago. Uh, most of my background's been in software and technology businesses. And, and I was fortunate to kind of, you know, be in the space as the internet was unfolding and evolving. And uh, prior to the business I'm at now, to Trevi Pay, I was in procurement software. And so that was the role that moved me to the US 16 years ago. It was all B2B focused, as you can imagine, procurement software is not something that typically consumers are using. So it was all B2B focused. And, uh, and then I made a transition after we sold uh, that business to SAP. I uh, made a transition into the payment space, which was you know, an equally challenging and, and, uh, and fun transition for my career and, and really have loved the, the complexities and the challenge that you encounter in payments in general and specifically in B2B. That's awesome. So specifically um, with Trevi Pay, discuss a little bit about your, how you're positioned in the market and how you're helping B2B organizations. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So our business is really all about being a, a payment modality for anyone that wants to offer trade credit to their customers. And so probably the best way to you know, help talk this through with some of your audience is if you think about what credit cards did for consumer trade credit, so if you went back 100 years ago and you went and bought something from a store, you could often get credit from the store as a consumer. Uh, and what, it, what essentially credit cards did is that they replaced that relationship between a store owner and their customers, and they introduced a concept of, of, of credit cards, which effectively replaced trade credit between those entities. And so we're, you know, we're in a position where we're helping customers do that in the B2B space. So anyone that wants to offer trade credit to their clients, but doesn't necessarily want to do it themselves, doesn't want to deal with producing invoices, dealing with bad debts, chasing for payments, all of those components that flow as a consequence of having trade credit, uh, then we're, a, we're an interesting partner for them. That's fantastic. So. Um, and, and, and so I'm sorry, Trevi Pay, uh, you've been, you founded how long ago? Yeah, the company actually was founded in 1978, believe it or yeah. not. So it's been yeah. through all kinds of really interesting technology and business model transitions. And, uh, and we're in a place now where we're very focused on, on being in the B2B space and, and, uh, you know, and, and particularly helping the customers we work with in, you know, you can also call it the order to cash cycle. You often hear people talk about the order to cash cycle, helping them with how they offer trade credit to their clients. So when it comes to, to anything online related, uh, I feel like so many people 
today are always concerned about identity theft. Mm -hmm. um, talk a little bit about that and um, how you're helping solve that issue and, and really where you see technology growing in, in that regard. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's a really important topic that I'm glad you're talking about, Paul, because honestly, it's something that, you know, isn't spoken about enough, I believe. And just to, just to frame it really quickly for your, for your audience, you know, we hear a lot about consumer identity theft. There have been movies made about it. We, you know, we're all educated on it. Uh, it's, it's really rising in the business world. And, and I think part of it is because so much information is available, so much information is public. You can go onto you know state registration websites and find out all the information about companies' registration documents, articles of incorporation, who the officers are, and so increasingly it's you can't just take at face value someone who you meet for the first time online that they're actually who they say they are, and so you have to have a much more robust process of validating, pressure testing the data that you get from someone when they apply for a line of credit. And this is obviously a little bit different from the physical world where someone might walk into a store and you might be able to ask for a driver's license or something else as part of an application process. When this all happens online, uh, there's a tendency to just really take the data and consume the data. And more and more often bad actors and sophisticated fraudsters are basically taking advantage of that situation. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to uh, some of the things that you're saying, when we look at B2B payments as a whole, where do you see things going in the future? Um, not just from an identity theft standpoint, but other trends in the B2B space and in your space, you know, what, what do you think the next five to 10 years uh, are, are, will see unfold? Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting time because, you know, the, the B2B payments landscape has has been underserved for a long time. There's not, there's been way less digitization. There's been way less of a, of a customer centric approach than there has been in our consumer lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's going to be a pretty significant trend over the next couple of years with, with sellers, with merchants being very focused on how they can deliver a better customer experience to their clients. I think we're also going to see, you know, payment modalities like ours become more and more commonplace and providing as many choices to your customer as you possibly can mm -hmm. on ways for them to pay. I also think, you know, a mega trend that we're going to have to all deal with is how digital currencies and, and, uh, and other forms of payment make their way into the payment ecosystem. And I think increasingly there's going to be a need to have some form of digital identity. And you know, today the, the cost, the effort of, of validating all of this information is actually significant. And, and in some respects, it's an arms race between merchants and sellers and, and the bad actors out there who are trying to take advantage of this. And so I think some, some form of digital identity is going to have to occur. Mm -hmm. you know, if we think back to how this evolved in the consumer space, where not even in the consumer space, where the idea of certification authorities grew up around the idea of when you logged onto your banking site, how did you know it was actually your banking website? That same sort of notion, I think, is going to make its way into, into how we interact online, not only as consumers, but also as businesses. Yeah. Um, okay, so just kind of shifting gears here um, a little bit. Let's, uh, I, I know that a lot of folks that um, that follow what we're doing here are, are uh, 
managers, owners, operators of businesses or aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, in today's modern world, you know, a, a 2022 world here, what advice do you have for other um, business leaders looking to scale their business or for um, in, uh, uh, entrepreneurs that are, that are looking to perhaps start a new business? What advice do you have for them that you think that they could take away, maybe based on some of your experiences? Yeah, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, you know, the the team that you have around you ultimately is is everything in terms of your ability for long term success. You have to have the right people around you. It's uh, it's crucial. Um, I think there is a shift more and more to to the types of experiences that people have. So you know, we've seen a move away from brand loyalty to experience loyalty. So when you're focusing on building solutions, options, you know, whatever, whatever problem you're trying to solve, that customer experience is more important than ever before. Uh, I think the other, the other you know, part of the world that we live in is there's probably more money, venture money, private equity money than there ever has been uh, available to start new, you know, to start new businesses, to, to if you've got a good idea. If you've got a good idea that it's a real problem to solve and you've got a good team around you, um, I think you'll find people that will be willing to, to bet on what you're trying to build. So true about what you said about having the right team around you. You're, you're, you know that old saying, you're only as strong as your weakest link. That's, it's so true. And I think for any business, uh, I tell this to my team all the time, is those first five to 10 hires in any business, you've all got to be rowing that ship in the same direction or it's going to sink. I mean, even if you have one person in the, in the, the early stages of a business in those first five to 10 employees, uh, it can, it can really be catastrophic. So I think it, you're it, exactly it, right. Yeah. Even more so than your product. It's, it's the people that are there at the beginning, um, that have to have a, a similar mindset on the mission of the company, um, how that customer experience should be and what, what are the overall goals that they've, got to be totally aligned yeah that's that's i mean i completely agree with you because the reality is no matter what you think on paper you're offering your service your product is going to be it's going to change yeah and so, you know don't get too attached to whatever your original idea is i mean it's rare that the original idea is how things eventually work out yeah and so you have a group around you that's flexible adaptable can pivot is willing to change yeah and, uh, and that's key like you said be able to be able to have a group that's aligned yeah, uh, you know, to go even deeper on that, I almost think that in today's age, having a business plan is is really irrelevant. I mean, if you're creating a business plan, um, you're you're really just guessing, right? Because whatever you think is going to happen in ninety to one hundred twenty days is going to be entirely different. I mean. <clears throat> I, you know, for my first pay payments business, I did a business plan. And I remember years after I went back and I read that business plan, I laughed. It was hilarious. I'm like, I can't believe I thought that that's what was going to happen. So it's like, <clears throat> sure, have a general idea of where you're going to go. But if you think that the plan that you put in place is going to be what happens, I mean, you're out it's of your never, mind. It, it's never the case. It's never the case. I think the you know, the, the important pieces of the thought process in a business plan are, are you solving a real problem? And is the market that you're going to go after big enough? And can you get at it? 
Mm -hmm. Those pieces are relevant. Like it, the, the specific numbers in the journey, like you said, in 90 days, you can probably tear up the whole plan and say, yeah, that was wrong. This was wrong. This is how we had to adjust. But knowing that you're tackling a problem that's a real one and that it's in a market that's sizable, those are the two most important. And then obviously the third piece, have people and resources around you to execute it. Mm -hmm. that's, those are the right ingredients for, a, for starting the business. Mm -hmm. And the key word you said in there is adjust. I think any entrepreneur should be willing and ready to adjust and to try any avenue that looks like it could help their clients. It can help the business grow. And they won't always be successful. I know at Transaction Company, we have plenty of things that all put into place. And I think it's going to be a huge piece of what we do. And it never ends up seeing the light of day. But yeah. trying those things... Um, on the flip side, there's also plenty of things that we do now. That's a huge piece of our company, which was one of those ideas. It was something that we said, you know what, let's try this. I think that, that um, there's a possibility here that this could be something and it ends up being something. And then you look back on it, you're like, thank God we tried that because it's yeah. a huge piece of it, but it can go both ways. And in those early days, um, it's, it's critical to follow every path and see where it leads. And I think that that actually is a huge downfall of bigger companies that makes them slow. I love when we go up against uh, big, well-known competitors, because I know that we can deliver on those small things that they can't any longer because they've gotten too big, they've gotten too slow. Um, so I think it's important for, for big companies to, cons to, to still uh, always be uh, emulating, always be growing. Um, so that they don't become that next that next dinosaur that gets passed up. You, you couldn't be more right. You know, there was a great book I read earlier in my career called The Innovator's Dilemma, where it's really unusual that someone who dominates a particular technology shift yes. retains the dominance in the next shift. It's really uncommon. And so, you know, when you're in an early stage of a business, having that flexibility is huge. I also once heard a fabulous quote, which is, you know, the definition of entrepreneurs, which is an entrepreneur jumps out of a plane with a box of silkworms and hopes that they're overachievers. And, and I think that summarizes it beautifully is that you have to have a group of passionate people around you who are okay with all the gray, because in the early stages of a business, it's anything but black and white. It's going to be lots and lots of gray. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on. Um, I feel like we could talk shop about uh, payments and entrepreneurship all day long. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely have to, uh, I hope we can meet in person uh, at, at some point. Do you, do you find yourself at any of the, the payments events? Yeah, we, we, we do. So, you know, the, the, uh, the event that um, we I, I typically go to is Money, Money 2020. It's obviously a it's become, you know, a massive event these days. It was much yep. smaller 10 years ago, but it's a massive event. It's also a great venue for seeing uh, market changes and, you know, how, how business is shifting. Um, so I'm typically at events like that, but we, we also do a number of vertical, vertical payments type of events as well in specific industries. So, um, yeah, we, I'd love to, love to hook up face-to-face -face at some point when, awesome. uh, when, when, uh, yeah, when, when that's possible. The, the first drinks on me for sure. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Where, um, where can people find you? Uh, where can they find Trevi Pay website, social handles? Um, let us know. Yeah, sure. So, you know, www.trevipay.com is the simplest way to, uh, to find us. 
Uh, we also have a, a LinkedIn presence, um, lots of job postings there, by the way. So we're looking awesome. for talented individuals all the time. Uh, we also um, have uh, have uh, a Twitter Twitter account that's uh, that's also connected with Trevi Pay. So all of the typical social channels, but you can find all of them on the website. That's probably the easiest place to go, and then uh, you know pick your favorite from from there. Awesome, Brandon. Thanks for being on. It's a real pleasure. Thanks for the time, Paul. Absolutely, and thank you everybody for joining Lights Camera Transaction. Lights, camera, lights,